When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 4, Rendition, is over. We're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. It's me, Jessica Lease, And I'm not sure I would call this rendition. I might just call it repetition or new rendition or, you know, same song, different lyrics. I don't know. But here, singing back up with me, you know the panel. Uh, first of all, he's coming back for a second week in a row. And we are so lucky to have us with us here. Josh Wiggler. Yeah, I'm up way past my bedtime to talk about uh, Daryl Dixon undercover and like basically nothing else. And also that dude with the hat and the glasses and the bushy Wilford Brimley mustache. And I'll just say all of those things and then I will have contributed most of my takes for this episode of the Walk Dead podcast. A pleasure to be here, Jess. No, thanks for stopping by, Josh. <laughs> you're, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> so I guess that leaves me with but one pip to my Gladys Knight. And here he is. The inimitable AJ Mass. Uh, I was on a midnight train to Georgia, and then I turned back around, headed back up to Alexandria, and uh, well, I've been forged by fire, so I guess I'm part of the gang now. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I, I think I, I want to talk about how this was the most anticlimactic jumping into a gang I have ever seen <laughs> on television. I didn't even watch Oz, but I have a feeling I watched Oz. Uh, I watched the whole thing multiple times. So if you've got questions, I've got answers. I don't think I have any questions except that I feel like, I feel like if any of the Oz guys had this happen to them, they'd just like turn around and murder everybody and walk away. If anybody, like if uh, one of them got thrown into a fire, you mean? Yeah. Like if you had, uh, I don't know. Um, the guy from Lost, the AAA guy. Oh, Adewale Akinoye Kabaji, a.k.a. Mr. Echo from yeah, Lost, a.k.a. Simon Adebisi. is here, yes. Yes. If he's here, if he's in the burning house, and he gets out of the burning house, he's not going to be like, well, that happened. He's going to be pissed, and he's just going to murder everybody, right? Yeah, but it would be like sort of, I mean, look, Daryl's undercover, and he's definitely going to like drop the hammer on these guys at some point. Uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Spoiler alert for Oz. If you have not watched all of Oz, and if you plan to someday, I'm going to lightly spoil a storyline from Oz that I'm not going to remember all the details on, but some of them. You know, Uh, Josh, we spoil every show except The Walking Dead. I know, I know, but I'm going to give, if I'm here, I'm giving copious spoiler warnings. You guys do what you want to do when I'm not around, (laughs) but I'm going to be an adult. Uh, And the adult says, I've watched a lot of Oz. 
Uh, and <laughs> on Oz, there is a storyline where, uh, where Triple A as Adebisi, uh, loses somebody who's very close to him after he's been trying to like, reform himself he's trying not to be like such a bad guy anymore and then in the process like somebody who he's become close with like spiritually gets murdered and adabisi uh like goes uh like loses it and snaps and he like spends some time in like isolation and uh during that time when he comes back it seems like he's still pretty chill but instead He's just about to enact like a long simmering vengeance plot on everybody who killed the person he was spiritually linked with. And he's like worse than ever before. He's just like super uh, vicious at this point. Uh, and it's an incredible arc. Uh, and so it's not like Daryl's not like super vicious and stuff. But like when the time comes for him to like play nicely with the Reapers who tried to burn him alive as part of an initiation process, you got to imagine he's just going to crossbow bolt these fools in the face. That's that's fair. I got the I got the sense that Daryl didn't actually know that was what was happening to him until it had already happened to him. And I know he's like he's under deep cover. He's not giving up anything, but he sure seemed a little bit gobsmacked when when they're like, "Hey, you're in our gang now." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, really? That that's a thing? Okay, I, I guess you know I'm not going to not be part of your gang because I feel like that would make you mad." Yeah, <laughs> this episode was a whole lot of nothing. Uh, it's it, a whole lot of stuff that made me mad. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of nothing. This is like what, ha- like even beginning with the Reaper attack once again, and now we're like spiraling off with another character's like perspective. This is another example of like there's just too many episodes, just too much show. There's just way too much happening. Like we need to condense this stuff. We'll never condense this stuff. Why am I complaining? This is just the way of the show. Get with it or get out of here. I think is probably how it uh, is probably the vibe. Uh, but I feel like I don't know. Like the whole episode of just being like Daryl. Uh, like I guess like there's some tension between Daryl riding the line of like covering for his people while also still like being like happy to be reunited with this person who he was kind of in a relationship with kind of not i don't know dog's mom uh and i i i really like after all of the years we spent with daryl uh going stag this is this is the one this is what we're this is what we're throwing it all on the line for, Daryl. This is who we choose to I know we have but no choice but to fall in love for the one we fall in love with, but this this is what we're doing. I don't know. Well, Josh, as uh, as Rob Sesternino might say if he were on here, I'm sleep. <laughs> well, Josh, <laughs> you missed my lengthy rant on how like how this is all wrong for everything and how I really hope the 16 year old who wrote the fanfic about this, with the original character insert sort got all the royalties that were due to her because Leah in general, as a character makes zero sense whatsoever and really negates a lot of the character work they've done on Daryl over the years. And I'm still so angry about it. So I'm going to not like take the hour, but I'm going to just say that the thing that still makes me so angry is that they spent a lot of time in the past couple of seasons with Daryl forming this relationship with Connie that seemed like it was bringing out a new side of him and that he was really learning to trust someone in a way we've never seen him lay down a relationship with anybody except possibly Carol. But this looked like it was new. He learned sign language for her. He really cared about her. 
But it turns out that the only reason, like, you know, she's not breaking down his barriers. The person who broke down his barriers was not a deaf woman of color. It was a fully abled white woman that we didn't see because it all happened off screen several years ago. And that was the thing that made me the most mad about Leah as a character. You knew she was coming back. You knew she was going to be one of the Reapers. But when I saw her, I was still very angry. Yeah. Uh, I power binged that like mini season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the, sorry, Josh. We told you not to watch it. I know you did, but I've come this far. You know, like I've, I'm this, I'm not not watching all of The Walking Dead. It ends this season. I'm going the full distance. What am I doing if not going all the way with The Walking Dead? Yikes. Uh, so I watched all of it in like a power binge and like the Leah episode sort of like went in a, in the blink of an eye. Um, and part of me had hoped that it really just existed to kind of like give Daryl, like, I don't know, that they were really trying to just like make TV in COVID and they could do a two hander and they brought in a guest star and it was just that. And I kind of hoped that it would be this thing that sort of like gestured at the possibility that Daryl could one day like have like a human relationship so it could strengthen and enforce when he and Connie, who are true OTP, get together is that repetitive true one true pairing it is uh that like they are the ones and they should get back together and so this just shows us that like yeah this is possible which to your points all valid uh but i did not stop down to really process it i just went on to the next episode in which princess goes cray cray uh so there was all of that and i just really hoped we would never see leah again and yet she is very uh fundamentally front and center back on the show and is like objectively a villain at this point uh aj i don't know how did you feel about what's going on here with uh with the whole rendition and daryl's integration to the reapers yeah i think the only thing i liked about this episode at all was actually the the start of the episode where they did go back to the reaper thing just from a stylistic standpoint i i I, it was such a cool shot in the first uh when they first had the sequence with Maggie and the slow motion and everyone kind of peeling off from that, I thought that's a great hook for like a three episode arc of what happened to all these groups before they all get back together. Uh, except for the fact that we already saw kind of a little bit of Gabriel's journey. So if you're going to do something where you're going to have three episodes of, we go back to that point uh, and, and, and reel off, don't show me anything of Gabriel's journey in the Maggie Negan episode. Uh, and this focus on Daryl and this one and focus on, on Gabriel and that and then get them all, you know, get them all back together. So I'm angry that they did something that's stylistic. It was very cool, but n- narratively just didn't quite make sense. And then when we do follow Daryl, I mean, who cares? I don't care that you spend 15 minutes of him chasing around with dog who has super now super telekinetic telepathic skills that he understands everything Daryl says and follows his every you know, command. It's wild. He's like, like, uh, it's, it's real video game stuff, right? Like it's like your main character has like a dog sidekick and the dog sidekick just does whatever the main character does because that's how the programmers made it. Like that was like the Daryl and dog, like sneak attack a reaper scene. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that, um, that dog is tails to Daryl Sonic? Yes. Uh, and all they're trying to do is, uh, collect rings and eat chili dogs. Yeah, and that sequence was just just ridiculous. And then you know, this, this is whole big. Oh, who is this mystery person? Well, it's Leah. I mean, it's clearly a woman at first, and then you know, you, you close up on the oh, oh, it's it's Leah. I mean, 
you know, a character who we're not supposed to really remember because you said that we didn't have to watch these standalone episodes to pay attention to any storylines in the season. But of course, now it's important that we have this backstory. I swear to God, they put this episode in because I told everybody they didn't have to watch those episodes. <laughs> Probably there. But, you know, and then they go like, oh, the big reveal, like, hi, it's me. It's Mary Sue. I'm like, I don't care. I yeah. do not care. Uh, it, it just, it, yeah, I'm frustrated by the whole in, uh, you know, once we get beyond that, I have different types of issues with the storyline. You know, if it was just some random woman uh, and, and he was captured and we're trying to turn him, you could still have this storyline and I have issues with that. But to, to make it someone we're supposed to know, but not really know, but care about, but not really care about, it's like, you're, you're, you're just spinning your wheels for no reason. Yeah. I mean, my main issue with Walking Dead as it is, is it's just been on for too many seasons. And then, as if that wasn't enough, there's now two other Walking Dead shows that also have to cover the same territory. And there's only so many places you can go with it. So we bring these people in. And maybe this is the place to talk about how these people, as a group, as a philosophy, as an ethos, they make no goddamn sense whatsoever. (laughs) And I hate them. Or that I don't hate them because they're villains and they're scary and they intimidate me. And sure, villains think, can be great. Villains yeah, you can love to hate. I don't hate them the way I hated Negan. I hate them because I hate them the way I hated the filthy woman in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm, right, 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 right. I forgot yeah. about the filthy woman. Um, I think, look, yeah, obviously the show has been on forever. Um, I think one of the things that's a little frustrating is that the Commonwealth storyline is very rich and has a lot of potential to be like super different than stuff that we've gotten. Um, and I guess like there's obviously still a lot of time to get in there. It's frustrating to be, uh, you know, uh, two weeks in a row without anything from the Commonwealth story at all. Um, but I, uh, I, I think also a potential function of this is like acknowledgement that like we are, we remain in a pandemic making shows in a pandemic is not the easiest thing in the world. And doing uh, this business is still really tricky. So I can understand to a certain extent, some of um, like the story architecture of season 11 being similar, like season 11, a being similar still to season 10 C Um, with that being said, like, there's got to be ways to do that sort of like, let's focus on a couple of characters at a time um, instead of like the full ensemble, because it's just too many human beings in a cramped space at one point in time, which is a challenging thing for a show like walking dead that deals in crowds that deals in like huge hordes of zombies. Like it is a very serious logistic problem that they have to untangle. There's still a way to like do this kind of like the two hander vibe or like the, the, like the smaller scale stuff focusing down on just a few characters while still having like this central problem that Alexandria is running out of food, that Alexandria and the hilltop is gone and Alexandria is going uh, and the kingdom has already fallen long ago. There is a story to be told about migrating this community to the, to the, to the Commonwealth. And what are the road stories that emanate from that? If everybody's kind of like, moving in that direction so we can start getting into like more of the commonwealth with more of our characters there i know like there's a degree to which like there's a degree to which that like there's some impatience here that like this is just four episodes of a 24 episode final season and then i think of i think of those words that i just said 24 episode final season is crazy um and so like i'm i'm at this point where i'm struggling between um Giving giving them some rope and also feeling like uh, like 
you guys could do a little better. You can get a little more creative than this. We don't have to just like circle the wagons on yet another group of bad guys that we know are going to be dead by the end of these eight episodes. It's yeah, it's mind boggling to me that they are wasting any time at all on these people. I don't understand why we don't just have like Maggie show up with her people and say, yeah, we ran into some bad people that killed everybody. And it's like, oh, well, that's no good. You don't need bad people that are going to kill everybody. And then these guys show up and they're not bringing anything new to the table. We've got, we've had bad people that kill everybody before. Like we just got through with Alpha, who was a bad person who wanted to kill everybody. And right, right. There's only so many times you can tell that story. I think we don't need man versus man. We, to your point, Josh, we need more man versus nature. Well, there could be man versus there could be like the humans are still the danger. If you've got, Mm -hmm. if you've got a road story, you know, like I think a road story, there's like terrifying people to still meet on the road. I think that there's still like lingering conflict in the wake of the whisperer stuff. Yeah. Um, We don't need a, the road story though. No, totally different apocalyptic universe. We can stay away. We've had cannibals before on the show. We don't need them again. Um, we, yeah, I think we're okay without more cannibalism, even though they did really go through that rather quickly. Uh, so there could be like, uh, what's, what's left of Terminus, the termites, you know? Well, I mean, horse cannibalism is okay. I suppose mm. that's true. If you think uh, horses are people. Yeah. Wow. But I, I think like, I don't know, like I, I under, I understand that like we, we probably, like the, the Commonwealth is going to be like sort of a long game story here for the final season. Um, but we've, we've really been waiting a very long time to get there. And there should be some practical consideration of like the actual length of time, right? Like it has been a year and a half since, uh, Ezekiel, Eugene, Yumiko, and Princess got captured, right? Like that was, uh, that's, that's when the season, the, the penultimate season finale aired, if I'm, or maybe it's been about a year, a full year, I think, is what it's been uh, since we got that um, that that season ten, uh, the season ten B finale that was originally supposed to be the season ten finale straight up. Um, and I feel like that's just—it's a really long time to put us on this cliffhanger. I think it's too long. I think that there should have been some consideration of like how some of this stuff will land. This just isn't really what you want to see. You want to. You want to get to like the forward momentum of the story. You want to feel final season vibes instead of getting into like this storyline, which feels like this was like AJ, we were talking last week. This is like the wolves, right? Like this is yeah. like, this is yep. like a, uh, this is a, an hors d'oeuvre, you know, like we've done hors d'oeuvres and like, it's hard to go. Like you're going from the whisperers to the Commonwealth is such a huge like jump story that like, you decide to like go in this direction. Like this is going to, this isn't going to land right. It's just, it's going to, it's going to feel like a soft. uh, It's it's not only that it's, it's it's also the fact that, you know, this deep into the zombie apocalypse, the communities that have survived this long have to have some sort of inherent structure. This, this isn't like the, the free willing days right afterwards where like you, you can imagine a group of, mercenaries with a religious fervor, <laughs> you know, coming together and creating a, a community that, that goes and just like devours communities and tries to find a place to live like, like this group this far into it. It's like, there's no way this group has stayed together this long. I don't, they're already disintegrating within this hour episode mm-hmm. from the start to the end. So there's no way they've lasted this long. They, they just, 
it doesn't make sense. It, yeah, AJ, there's so much about this that feels like these are season one villains. Yeah. These are like right down to where are they getting cigarettes? Where are they getting chloroform? We had to eat a horse last episode because <laughs> there is no other food around. You definitely don't have luxuries like chloroform, cigarettes, and hair dye because wasn't Leah a redhead? She does not seem to be a redhead anymore. Well, time has passed. I guess, but a- that is a bleach job there. Where is she getting, you know, did the zombies like the leave alone? <laughs> sure. Isn't that it's how a, it works? I don't know. I've never and, been outside, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what that's like anymore. I think she put some lemon juice in her hair or something, and it got all blonde. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's all this stuff that and they, they talk about. Like, I don't think there's that many people out there that knew each other in the before times anymore. Like, it's just been too long. We don't even we had people that knew each other in the before times in early seasons. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the uh, like the elite forces unit ha- having made it this far into the apocalypse isn't like the 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 most implausible thing that I've encountered on the show. I would Not have to survival like, skill wise. It's just, yeah. just this mm-hmm. com- this community in terms of like the power structure, and I, I suppose okay, chain of command, and you know, Pope is in charge. Can, can we pick a more like on the nose name for <laughs> right religious uh, leader of a uh, leader of a well, maybe. But this suggests there might be an anti-pope somewhere. There yeah, you go. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I just the, the story. There's nothing about this group that that seemed original to me at all. Just in terms of creating, you know, the whole alpha and beta, and that that was like interesting and something you felt that organically evolved from the world that they were in. And mm-hmm. I, I could see that making sense here. It's like, okay, well, we want them to kind of be military based. And we kind of also want to throw in the religious aspect and kind of hodgepodge it together. And so let's, let's get Locke from Lost and put him in there. <laughs> Man of faith. Yeah. Uh, oh, we can't get him. We'll get someone who looks like him and just throw him in there, put on a stupid mustache and let's go. You know? It, yeah. Ugh. Terry O'Quinn was like, you know, if you called me in season one, this might've been okay. It would be great. I mean, my entire outlook on this whole storyline would have completely changed if that was Terry O'Quinn. I just have to like be very. I, just, I thought it was at first. I have to be like very, I have to be like very real. I have to be yeah. very true to like how I actually am. Like <laughs> Terry O'Quinn shows up on The Walking Dead, and suddenly I'm all the way back in plausibility. Uh, be damned. Josh, you would be all in if they brought back if they brought Frogert into this universe. You'd be like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't yeah, be all in, lost. but I would definitely have a moment. Where like, oh, sweet, Sean Whalen! Oh my god! <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, also, like with the casting, I'm, I'm sure he's a fine actor, but uh, I felt the entire time he was giving his long monologue. And why are we giving long monologues to villains? When again, last season, can we give long monologues to our characters? I want, I want that, but. The entire time, I felt like this is a British actor who's trying very hard not to lose his American accent. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, I didn't hear anything he was saying because that's all I heard was the fight to keep that drawl in place. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I got you there. But there's, there's also, like, I think another, another aspect of what you're saying, AJ, is that these people's entire ethos, what do they want? What is their deal? What are they into? What motivates them? Why are they so obsessed with Maggie? How have they managed to stay together? Nothing. Because she's uh, she's the one that got away. 
You know, I like guess. they pride themselves on the efficiency of the hunt, and they they let one go, and they cannot let that abide. Is, is that their is that their primary motivator? And if it's like if they're so obsessed with like being the band of brothers and the happy, you know, we happy few, we band of brothers, we're war buddies. Why do they cavalierly throw one in the fire because he's got an owie on his back? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they the, spent the first half of the episode mourning that they lost somebody else. Like, oh my god, you people! We killed fifteen of your guys, but you killed one of ours, and that gave us a sad. And then they kill one of their own guys. And on like, top of that, they said Daryl, you know, saying, "Well, and there's only fifteen of you." Like he he, he pegged the number. It's, it's not like there are a large community of hundreds. Like, there's fifteen of them. I can I can understand if this was the location where they had survived uh, in that long monologue. And like, you know, this was the tabernacle. This was the place where the miracle happened. And we have to defend this place to the nines. And, you know, it was our group that was coming in. I could understand mm-hmm. that was that, that. But like, they're just wandering around and they them out of this group. It's like, really? Yeah, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon villain that doesn't have like, He's not motivated by lust or greed or revenge. He's just like, I want to destroy these guys because I'm bad and they're good. And, and it's it's not a compelling storyline if their whole thing is just to mess up everybody else's deal. And it's also not a compelling storyline because I mean, the thing that's compelling to me about our group is that there are levels of good. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are levels of bad and many shades of gray. No one is purely good anymore. That's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the children and even them you know, being grown up, you know, I wouldn't say Judith is purely good. You know, she's happy to kill people if she needs to. But um, you know, there's, there's no innocence anymore, and so this whole battle of good versus evil doesn't hold water because mm-hmm. no no one's good, and no one. It's not like we're claiming to have the higher ground here. Like, oh oh, how could you do such horrible things? No, we'll kill you too. Like that that's not the issue. It's just yeah yeah. It's just you need to have a reason to be engaging with anybody at that point. Like, you don't need to go and poke the bear. And they're just, like, going around, like, poking every bear they see. Like, what is your point? Why do you do that? Maybe you should be spending more time and energy feeding yourselves. And it's just like, that's the thing Maggie said a couple of episodes when she was, you know, she was trying to pitch an X-File story as her own. She said, you know, no matter who you find, like, how bad they are, and, you know, whatever bad things you do to them, your first thought in your lizard brain is, those people must have food. So how are these guys feeding themselves? Where are they getting all their stuff? How are they finding time to do that in between poking every single bear they see? It doesn't make any sense. And it also... They're just that good, you know? (laughs) The fact that they... They're really, really good at it. They can't sell me as being that good when everything they do is a dollar store version of what Negan did very well. Right. And there's 15 of them. And so, and one of the, one of the, one of them is a coward who who ran away. Wow. He's one of the last 15. Yeah. Two of them are kind of like deferring to new girl Leah, who's just recently joined the group or, you know, more recently. The group. You know, yeah. So it's like, what? I just don't, I don't get it on, 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 on yeah. any term. And I don't know why we have to spend an entire episode with them um, when we know they're not going to be around very long. This can't be the big bad for the season because, like I said, they're already 
destroying each other from within. And they've accepted a new brother who we know is going to help destroy them from within. It's just a question of whether it takes one more episode for Leah to say, you're right, Daryl, or two more episodes for her to say, you're right, Daryl. Here's my question. Yeah. If they get destroyed, does Leah also get destroyed? Like, how long yeah. is Leah yeah. for this world? If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. I see a couple of different paths for how this goes. One path is that this is just like a like a mini boss to like deal with right now to like pad out the runtime because they're going to do twenty four episodes for the final season. They need to put stuff in it, uh, and so like this is like a, a an aperitif to get us to the main course. Uh, and so this will all be resolved. Daryl will strike from within. We'll have to make a choice. Probably has to kill Leah. That's really sad. Dog may not look at him the same way ever again. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, I, I'm Ma- not impressed with Dog, by the way. Maggie, Maggie, and Negan are going to like uh, not, you know, be best friends, but they will like double kill some Reapers and like see eye to eye in some way, shape, or form. And the Reapers will be gone, and then we will move on from that storyline to whatever the hell is going to come next. That's thing one. Thing two is some version of that goes down, our heroes escape, remnants of the Reapers survive, and follow the trail to the Commonwealth. So they beta. Uh, it's and, beta. And so it's beta, and they follow the trail to the Commonwealth, uh, and these guys are actually in this for the rest of the season. We have to deal with them to some degree, which would be frustrating. It would be, uh, it would be very frustrating because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to do comic book spoilers here, but like the Commonwealth story um, maybe wasn't always executed flawlessly by Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adler in the comic book that this show is based on. Um, but it, it presented some very compelling ideas that are really, really different for the walking dead in a way that's like, this is like a repaint of things that we've seen before is the, is the Reapers. The Commonwealth is a new idea. The Commonwealth is like a much bigger and more complex version of, of uh, like an evolution of ideas that we've seen on the show before that um, serves as a very rightful place to end this kind of story. Um, and it doesn't need, uh, you know, steroids. It doesn't need uh, like the protein boost. Like we don't need the Reapers for the show to be really interesting, but maybe to some extent you do for like a certain portion of the audience, you got to throw them like your action movie vibe. Um, and so like, this is sort of that action movie vibe. I think that that's a shame. Uh, and I hope that it goes away relatively quickly. Uh, and I'm afraid that it won't. I have, I, I have hope that it'll be like done relatively fast, but I am a little concerned that there's the world where these Reapers, like their whole storyline, right? Is that like they have followed Maggie to like, uh, like beyond like reason. Like they didn't have to go this far. They have, they, they don't have to like be so obsessed with her and her friends and yet they are so like if alexandria then like picks up stakes and 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 goes to to the commonwealth 
the Reapers might not be terribly far behind, and that would be horrible. The thing that would be great is if then they ran into like the buzzsaw of the Commonwealth, and it's just like a great way to flex like the power of the Commonwealth. Like they show up at the gates and they're like, "Hey, they I'm go, the bad guy. I'm gonna rape you." Yeah. They just they just like drop a rock on their heads. <laughs> they don't need like or whatever, like whatever they've got. Yeah. yeah, they just like drop it on them. Like it's sort of like the terminus thing. Like terminus seems so big and bad, but like you were you you guys were uh, screwing with the wrong people, according to the air version of the quote. Uh, that like you know, give me three episodes and I'll kill you all. You know, like, yeah. I, like if it's something like that, you know, that'll be that'll be fun. Oh no no, I, no no, here we go, here we go. They rock up to the Commonwealth and then Rick Grimes steps out and murders them all with like one swipe of a machete. I'd be excited about that because it would be Rick Grimes back on the show. Final scene of the series. Look, this, <laughs> mo- this movie doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon, so just bring him back to the show. It's like, why did you airlift him if not to like do more stories with Rick Grimes? Bring him back. Mm, better yet, okay? They rock up to the Commonwealth. Rick Grimes falls out of the helicopter and crushes them all. Or he flies his helicopter into the crowd uh, and just uh, blade chops him. Ooh. Or, or... It's, it's, it's real, we're really near the end. We got jetpacks here. Yeah. <laughs> how did the Commonwealth get so? Uh, how how are they so uh, like well stocked and like plentiful? It's because they they innovated jetpacks. They've been able to cover long distances, and they get in and they get out real quick. Uh, I did say we wouldn't do comic book spoilers here, but there you go. You know, <laughs> amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, so you're unimpressed with Dog, even though Dog survived such a such a great Traitor. fall. Okay, Traitor. listen to this. How <laughs> long was Dog with Leah? A year. How long has Dog been with Daryl? Nearly a decade at this point, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm a catman, you know. Uh, I've got cat. We know AJ has cat uh, from the guest appearances on the podcast from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, and. I had, uh, you know, before my current two cats, we had two cats who we got from a friend of a friend, uh, and we got them for like the second half of their lives. They were like eight and five when we when we got them, something like that. Uh, and uh, the person we got them from is like an incredible person who like we saw a couple more times and like would have come over like whenever like the opportunity arose. And like after a while, like the separation anxiety initially was really difficult for them, obviously. Uh, but when, uh, you know, some time passed and she came over to like see the cats, they like acted like they'd never met her ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And so like animals are smart. Animals are great to a point that like, you know, their loyalties, at least the cat is flexible and their memory mm-hmm. may be a little bit short. Dog does not remember this person. Yes, in exactly. the apocalypse, and certainly Dog does not prefer this person to Daryl. There's just no world nope. where Dog suddenly starts disobeying Daryl because oh, this is my mom. That was years ago in the zombie apocalypse. This is 16 year old fan fiction writers like. Leah has beautiful cascading red hair and she was the original owner of Dog and she cracked through Daryl's defenses and she's beautiful and Dog still remembers her and knows her better than Daryl. Like I, I I swear, like this girl's parents better be suing for royalties. Yeah. It's not it makes no sense. Uh but I'm I'm impressed with Dog for surviving. He they pushed Dog off a cliff and Dog's okay. 
They'll never hurt dog. They'll never. They'll never kill dog. Dog is unkillable. If they ever kill dog, that's that's too far. They can't do that. They can't do that. Uh, But it was it was severely uncool that they even like tried to make us think that they might do that. Uh, I mean, I just I I just love the the IMDb page. I I was I was reading the plot on that page as Daryl and Dog get captured by the Reapers. And reconnect with a familiar figure from their past, like mm-hmm. the collective past. They're collectively. It's if dog were a person, okay. But like, first of all, if you're trying to keep a shroud of mystery, I think you gave away who <laughs> this is. Who could Daryl and Dog have in common from their past? Yeah. But it's like they put way too much emphasis on on this, and you know, even her throwaway line, like huh, I always thought he liked you better. So he does. This is implausible. Yeah. This isn't it's real. Totally implausible. And also, this also raises some interesting questions about Leah's past, because what we know is that Daryl and Leah hooked up and Dog was around. Did they hook up? I don't know that they did. Did they? Daryl and Leah, yeah. Did they, like, go, did they go the full disc? They had a naked body double that was implied to be, yeah. Wait, like, did they, did I look away? Did they, like, actually do it? They, it was heavily implied that they heavily did it. Implied. Yes. Did they kiss? Did we see it happen? They did not kiss because of COVID. But yeah, they for all intents and purposes they did. Oh my god! Um, there, there was there was Kenny G playing in the background. Yeah, oh my god. it was. Um, they did that like Kirk Cameron thing where they soft focused so that he could kiss his actual wife or something oh like that. Yeah. God. So yeah, they they were a thing. They were a full fledged capital I item for a while, and then like Daryl goes back to Leah's house after he's decided they're going to be together, and she's not there. And Dog is still there. And so my question is, presumably, during that time when they were apart, Pope came back for Leah. Is like, hey, there you are, Leah. Come back to our group. She goes back to the group. Why didn't she take Dog with her to the group? Was Pope like, no, I'm a cat person. Dog has to stay here. I'm allergic. I'm allergic. So, or I'm, a fe- it- I'm a scared of dogs. Yeah. I got bit by a dog when I was a boy. <laughs> Did Dog get jumped into the gang, too? Or is... Is he going to show up and then Pope's going to be like, no, I already told you he can't come with me. Uh, dog, they're not going to kick Dog out. No, but um, they are going to have to forge him through the fire. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, so when Pope kills the guy, uh, Bossy was the name of the guy that he killed. I guess there could only be one boss. Uh, and he, like, pins him in the fire. And burn like what a metal way to die, by the way. Uh, Look, like extraordinarily heavy metal. Excuse me, Negan already did it. And yeah, Negan he did, did it to like the one doctor in the he entire did. world. He threw him into the furnace. I forgot. Yeah, my god. So, all I mean, of this I is diet think, Negan. It is a shame that Negan already went through the, like the whisperer undercover arc because otherwise he'd be great here just being like, mm-hmm. you guys are a cover band. Like you guys are yeah. me. You guys are diet me. I fully um, expect he's still going to do that. I mean, he's just going to show up late and be like, Daryl, what the hell are these guys? I hope so. That'd be fine. I'd be did fine. They least, did they at least play a song over and over again in your cell like I did when they held you captive? No! Yeah, they did. Time oh, your bubbles. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I, uh... They, so Pope holds his, the guy down into the fire, his friend, and, like, starts, like, you know, roaring scripture and stuff. And, like, you... You have to be, like, such a poor judge of character 
to not look at Daryl Dixon's face while you're doing this and realize that guy's not with me. Cause like Daryl's got this look on his face where he's like, what the hell are you doing? You're burning this dude alive. And at this point, if I'm Pope, I look at that guy. I'm like, Oh no. Okay. So this is too far for him. He's not with us. Yeah, I should probably pin him in the fire as well. This is like cults 101. Don't burn a guy in front of someone. If it's their first day in the cult. Yeah. Not great. Very no. bad PR. Very yeah. bad PR. I mean, even, even at Nexium, they took him to a volleyball game first. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, the, the, they get the brands out later. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and Leah looked, like, also appalled. And, like, she's left once and she's come back. So, she, you know, she, she's got her eyes pretty much open, especially if we were to believe her in her, I'm just trying to save you. I'm not, I'm not only trying to get the information out of you, but I'm also trying to save your life. So if we believe her in that, then, you know, she knows what she's dealing with and she knows how insane this guy is. But she's still loyal at this point. If he looked at her face, he'd also go, hmm. You know, there was a reason I put you in that room with Daryl Dixon. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't so you could hook up. No. No, we've done that. Although the the, the the soft light from the flames did illuminate her face for a little while. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like how everybody at Tribal Council looks more attractive. What's yeah. that? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I The one thing in the writing uh, that I did like, actually, there were two things in this episode I did like writing-wise. One was the other prisoner in the cell at least picked up what Daryl was putting down really quickly. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have to have that be exposed in him to be exposed in that way. But also I, I, I like the fact that he did put Leah through the window first. And that was what sold him to the group. Like, you know, putting, mm-hmm. putting your fellow, uh, member of our group, your fellow reaper first that, you know, if he had jumped out first, then they probably would have said, Nope, you failed the test. Even mm-hmm. if she could get out on her own. So I, I, I like that as a clever little part two. Not just that you escaped, because obviously if you didn't escape, well, you weren't meant to be forged by the fire, but you protect your brother and you put your brother first, which is what this guy didn't do. Which yeah. of the two of you would have survived the forged by the fire trial? I'm obviously excluding myself <laughs> from this because I go first. I definitely don't make it. If I had the tool, I, I don't know if I've been clever enough to create my own tool, but if you, if you, if the tool was lying around, I'm pretty good at smashing stuff. I've taken my deck in my backyard down and, you know, just crowbarred the heck out of it. I think I probably could have gotten that. Yeah. I think I could have kicked something over. Yeah. Do you and think I, I could have talked my way out of it? I mean, I would have pushed you out. Chance. I would have pushed you out the window first, so you'd stop talking. Yeah, but help! <laughs> I think I'd be. I'd say, help me. I don't know. I maybe can't. you know, yeah. with you, Josh. You know, the fire going like, ooh, pizza oven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, are we, who are we kidding? This is what a decade, a decade plus into the zombie apocalypse. I'm not still around. I don't. Yeah, I'm long I, gone. I kind of feel the same way. I don't know. These people probably already have pizza because they have all this other stuff that they shouldn't have. Ten yeah, years what do you think apocalypse. the Reapers got? They've got a pizza oven. What are they making? New York style, New Haven no, no, no. style, they're Chicago dish. They're evil, so they're making St. Louis style exclusively. Oh, I've never had uh, St. Louis yeah. style. I'd like to try it. I really would. With like the provolone, the emos, right? That's what yeah, people like. Yeah, you cut it into party squares. cut. Yeah, you square it up. I'm down with that. I love a party cut. I mean, they're party a band of good. brothers, so they have to party cut their pizza. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will give you if they're at where Maggie had gone. It, it, you know, if this is a, a Maggie endorsed village, 
It can maybe buy that they have some supplies and, and that they've, you know, because Maggie had the Georgie playbook, which we've never really seen come to fruition, mm-hmm. but, you know, at least put a windmill in the background or something so that we know for sure that this is a, a Georgie playbook. But I can see maybe they, you know, had some sort of the Gorchabaki or, you know, or something. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, because okay. it's not them doing it. It's like they stole this from Maggie. Yeah, they picked this off the chloroform tree. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying, you know, there, there could be some science in, in, in that book. We never really quite got the full uh, lowdown on that. It's just like, here's everything we need for civilization. <laughs> and now I'm off. You'll never see me again. Yeah. Maybe the last shot of the series is um, the revelation that Georgie runs the Commonwealth, and they're the only people that read the book. <laughs> Could be. It's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those Walk Dead episodes where there's like just like not a ton to talk about. You know, like you, you're kind of like talking about like the same storyline and like how you're frustrated with it over and over and over again. Mm. Like there this weren't like there broadcasting weren't, about fear. There weren't even like B plots or C plots. Like it was just the one plot. You know, and the one plot is just like really boring, and we've done this in other and, versions yeah. and better mm-hmm. versions of this. That's the worst crime of it. It was boring. It was you yeah. know you have plot armor, Daryl. So you know that's nothing's going to happen there. You know if she had actually, you know, if they had actually killed him, which we know is not going to happen, but that would have been something. Mm-hmm. That would have been yeah. Uh, but for him to die with, from these chumps, yeah. Well, but I, I would actually. Plus there's no danger because we know that he's got a spin. I don't off. know. The first time you see Megan is when he murders Glenn. Yes. And, you know, you, at the time, uh, you might be thinking, well, these chumps? <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, yeah. Uh, we don't I mean, know who he murders when we first meet Megan. So yeah, we have to I was going to say a little bit earlier on, Josh. Yeah. Like, this show would never leave us on a cliffhanger for an entire year over something as crucial as that. That was a summer, though. Like, a full solid year is a really long time. A summer cliffhanger, like, that's part of the promise of TV, but, like, Mm. you know, unless you're, like, a real prestige drama, like, I don't think that you get away with, like, the year-long cliffhanger as easily, and Walking Dead is a lot of things, and it's on a network that has housed many prestige dramas, and perhaps once upon a time, it was, uh, to to a certain extent. Uh, But, um... But it's not that anymore, even though, and I do just like want to say, like, uh, part of the reason why I'm extra frustrated with it is because I've really enjoyed The Walking Dead mm-hmm. the last few years. And like, I just, I need to reiterate that I haven't said that yet on this podcast, specifically this episode of the podcast, but like, I think the Angela Kang era has been awesome. I think Agreed. that she, she is a, a really strong storyteller. I think the room has a lot of really strong storytelling instincts. I do again want to acknowledge that I think that some of this uh uh draws uh you know owes thanks if you will uh which is a kind way of saying like a lot of this i think is still due to the pandemic i think that there's still like some jittery like filmmaking stuff that's going on which is very understandable so i want to give like some credit to that but i still think that like within that the story is wrong the story mm-hmm. is boring the story is bad and i lay it mostly at the feet of amc i lay it mostly at the feet of like a network that um is just like uh, because they wholly own the show. It's a huge cash cow for them. Even the very act of ending the show is not a nothing deal. And that's why they've already announced, like, uh, you know, to like curb any like Walking Dead is ending panic that the Daryl and Carol show will go on. 
Their fear has no end in sight yet. They haven't announced the final season there. There's allegedly going to be movies like they're going to do whatever they can to like keep the thing spinning. Um, and it is like this, this, this endlessness and sort of like this refusal to let it end gracefully. Like there's a lot of like mercenary reasons for season 10 to have been as long as it was as a season 10 rather than having those six episodes or whatever in 10C be its own thing. That's like identified as its own thing. Um, there's a lot of mercenary, uh, you know, rationale between, uh, behind having season 11 be like extraordinarily long, um, instead of it being multiple seasons. And that's because of actor contracts and you don't want to pay these people and all these other contracts. You don't want to pay them for like what's actually like a season 12 and like a season 13, potentially, frankly, you know? And that um, makes me even matter because I support fair labor practices. And so I just, I want to like, like, I, I feel like it is, it is worth like, just like considering some of that context and the yeah. evaluation of this. Like that yeah. does not excuse like, like a tired story. Um, but it's like a piece of what's going on here for sure. That shouldn't just like go completely ignored that. Like my biggest issue is with, um, and again, like, I mean, I understand it on the very fundamental human level of like, but I don't want to stop making money. So like, you know, they're going to do the thing, but there has to be a better way. And there's just got to be like a nobler path and like a way that like, you know, uh, if, if maybe AMC doesn't really care to be part of like that mad men breaking bad conversation quite as much anymore. And I know that they still have some shows that definitely hit that quality. Better call Saul is tremendous. You know, like it definitely still exists, but like any shot that walking dead has to be other than like, you know, like, it's it's it sucks because like now I can't like even say that the narrative is like skip seasons seven and eight. There was a war with Negan after he killed Glenn. They lost. We won. It was brutal to watch. It was brutal to sit through for two years. But then you get to seasons nine and ten and they're doing some really interesting stuff like that's been the log line for a while. It's only been four episodes. So like I want to give it some some slack, but it's four episodes coming off of like a needless six episodes that was created as part of like a mercenary tactic to extend the thing without like paying people properly, basically. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, it's now starting to get like murky again at a time where the story should be really interesting. And that's a disappointment. And I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of blame to go around is, is certainly uh, like the gist of the point that I'm trying to make. Could we just be like, watch it or skip it? Like, could we just take the whole list of like every episode of the season and we could tell people up top, don't watch this one. Here's what happens. We don't know yet. I don't know. Because what if this stuff is, is important? You know, what if this stuff ultimately comes to matter? I think like maybe the thing that I would end up saying would be like, watch through the season 10 B finale and call it there. They win against the whisperers and that's the end of the show. Mm. Um, But like, we don't know where this is going to go. I feel like the first two episodes of season were pretty strong. Of this season. Yeah, this season, they were great. I think last week kind of stumbled. This week kind of stumbled. They're getting kind of dark and gross for no reason. And But I think at the end of it, we might look back on the season and say, okay, watch one and two, skip ahead to five, six, and seven. Yeah, I hope so. Fast I think- forward through all of this stuff, go straight to the Commonwealth yeah. scenes. Yeah. yeah, I think that the... the- Currently, based on like the quality of like last week and this week, like our, uh, I don't know, like maybe the next few are great. That would be mm. great. That would be yeah. great. I, I mean, I agree with you, Jess. I think part of the problem is that when you do a Daryl Dixon focused episode, 
you're going to get a lot of, yeah, uh-huh, right, <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you do a Eugene-centered episode, you're going to have um, a ponderings and talkings about all sorts of words and loquaciousness that I apologize for rambling, but I, you know, it's it's a much more rich uh, experience just in general. So, uh, you know, we're so looking forward to seeing Eugene and his journey because it's it's fun. It's cheery. Even if it's depressing, it's, it's fun and cheery because he's just, you know, McDermott is just such a great actor uh, with this role here. Whereas, you know, what Norman Reedus does with Daryl is is try to be almost as close to mute as possible, and that's just not exciting when there's no one else around him to interact with either. Of a quality, like a certain yeah. quality level. Which is, yeah. also, which is also why if Negan hadn't already done this to the Whispers, this would be a really capital time to have Negan in this spot because yeah. Negan with these guys, for, you know... Yeah, but forget him, like... You know, for, Forget it being, uh, you know, if Negan were here, I think like that's another thing about why this is like landing with with a with a thud is like we just did this storyline, mm-hmm. we just did this exact story, yeah. yeah. Like this story just happened. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Why yeah. are we doing this again? Yeah, it's there's no reason for this to be here. We can skip, skip. Like now, the only reason you would have needed to watch the interstitial, the ten C, is because. For this episode, you would need to know who Leah is. So let's just skip this episode, too. So now I've just, you know, that's seven episodes you don't have to watch. Yeah. 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 So they all happened inside of Princess's head in a snow globe. And <laughs> that's my new canon. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, I just noticed this hole in the back of my, my, my room here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. crawl through it and see what I can find. Okay, cool. I'll be back in a few minutes. Yeah, let me know. Yeah. Let me know. Right. Don't kill anybody, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye. I mean, like, we could probably just end the podcast there. I, I think we have run out of, like, I, I'm, I'm frankly amazed we made it to the 51 minute mark because there's a whole lot of nothing here. And I'm hoping that things pick up again next week. We do get a little bit of Commonwealth next week if the log lines are to be believed. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, this is a good place to wrap it up then. Let's, let's call dog over and, um, head on home. So. Josh Wiggler, what else is going on in the world of post show recaps this week? So much is happening on post show recaps. You wouldn't even believe it. We've got community building. We just talked about basic rocket science. That's already up in the post show recaps patron feed, but it's hitting the main feed on Thursday. Down the hatch, Mike Bloom and I have uh, launched into the final season of Lost. We did a bonus across the sea prologue last week. Uh, this week, we've got the two part official season six premiere. La X, as we like to call it, L-A space X, but not affiliated with Elon Musk. Uh, those are just a couple of the things that are happening here on Post Show Recaps. There's that. There's Ted Lasso. We podcast about the Final Fantasy video game series. So many things are happening. Make sure you're subscribed. You won't miss a darn thing. And then the uh, the obligatory thing to say for the pitch for the Post Show Recaps Patreon program is uh, for the last year, we have said that if you sign up at the award winner tier, which is currently the top tier you can sign up at, you can begin the three-month journey towards getting a hat of your choice, the Post Show Recaps hat or the fabled Wiggler's Wombat's hat uh, is a thing that you could do. That offer expires this month. This is the last month that you can start that journey towards the hat. So if you are one of those people out there 
really wants a Wiggler's Wombats hat, uh, first of all, hey, that's cool. You're great. Uh, and secondly, your time is running out. It has to be this month. You got to sign up at that level this month. If you do, then we are marking you as on the trail towards that hat. If you sign up October 1st, that is off the table. Hat is done. Like the hands off the table. So just let you know, that's the spiel. Take it. Uh, do with it what you will. Patreon.com slash recaps. The power, as Captain Planet says, is yours. Fabulous. Of course, Josh, we should tell them about the other thing we did this week. Uh, yeah, so Bowl Patrol uh, is a podcast that Jess and myself and the great Brooklyn Zed do over at Reality TV Rehap Ups, uh, where we talk about the second season of the uh, n- nearly ancient reality TV program called The Mole, previously hosted by one Anderson Cooper. And there has been an episode of season two of The Mole that both Jess and Zed, who have watched this show multiple times, we're really excited for me to encounter, seeing as I have not encountered it because this is my first time going through season two of The Mole. Well, folks, I encountered it. I've seen the episode in question, and boy, was it a doozy. That podcast was recorded live and in person between myself, Jess, and Zed. Uh, we watched the episode together, stopped down, recorded the podcast. That ridiculousness is available for your ears right now. And then Jess, Zed, and I continued on to watch the rest of the season. So the finale podcast is coming your way. Next week, I already know who the mole is, uh, standing like a psycho, uh, and I'm very excited to talk about it. It's going to be really, really fun. That's all over at Mole Patrol. Good stuff. And so now you can at Josh if you want. There's probably other stuff he doesn't want you to add him about, but mole stuff, totally fine now. Um, mole stuff specifically regarding season one and two. He does not want to hear about celebrity mole. Just or- on the off chance we do that stuff, yeah. yeah. Like I do feel like I have like a couple of light spoilers, potentially even heavy spoilers about a couple of those things. That's not necessarily going to stop us from doing it, but it'll certainly alter the vibe. Yeah. Uh, so do do me a solid and don't at me about the mole still, unless right, right. it's season two yep. and season one. Yeah, but I'm I'm very excited for people to listen to this podcast. I've never done a podcast with other people in the room, and it was very very fun. It was so, wonderful. Yeah, that was. One of two other things I've got going on this week. So I also, um, tomorrow night, I'll be getting together with Grace Leader. And this is just for the PSR patrons. So you could sign up now as this hits your feed and you might be able to get this as it drops. But Grace Leader and I are watching James Bond movies every two weeks. We're watching a new movie ahead of No Time to Die. Then we will watch No Time to Die. We will decide if we want to continue. But for right now, the Patrons in the patron discord are voting on which James Bond movie we watch. And so this week we will be recapping The Spy Who Loved Me, which I have almost gotten all the way through. It is almost three hours long. Oh, my gosh. They are long. James Bond movies are hella long. Um, But we are enjoying it. They have a lot to say about this. It's going to be a good podcast. Um, I'm sure Grace is going to have many thoughts as well. So, AJ Mass, what's up with you? Well, in addition to enjoying immensely listening to Josh experience the thing that was destined to happen for two years. I mean, that's a great pod. The Mall Patrol was just fantastic. Also, I enjoyed uh, feeling even older because I had seen almost every one of the shows that you had mentioned in, in the Mall Patrol quiz at the end. <laughs> All those old sitcoms. <laughs> I, I so, hope you know what Benson is because I had to explain Benson and then I had to explain Soap. It was a lot. You hey, I had to explain the grape stomping lady to you, so let's That's, not throw stones. This is Fair. true, but who does not love Inga Svensson as Kraus? Come on. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was a delight to listen to Josh finally 
be in the know there. Uh, I have a podcast of my own called Beat My Guest. It is a trivia podcast. Uh, currently in the process of uh, recording uh, season nine of that podcast. A few new episodes uh, will be dropping soon. Uh, by the end of the month, we should get season nine rolling there. So that's a fun little podcast. Uh, also, my friend Kentad Svensgard and I are continuing our Criminal Minds rewatch for me. First watch for him. That's kind of the uh, gist of the podcast. Felonious Pundits. It's a great uh, formula. Yeah. At some point, we're going to get to the episodes where Georgie herself appears as uh, Chief Strauss, but we have Ooh. not yet met her character yet. So uh, a good time will be had by all on that one. So you can check that out as well wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. Uh, and I want to quickly give a shout out to the legendary Chappelle, who is not with us tonight. Uh, is currently, I believe, as I'm saying these words, talking some nonsense about survivor heroes versus villains over at Rob has a podcast with Rob Sesternino and Shannon Gus. So if you're a survivor fan and you want to hear Chappelle talk about the number one greatest season of survivor of all time as voted upon by RHAP, that is happening and that will be in your ears. And that is why Chappelle could not be here tonight. Uh, good on Chappelle. Great timing. Uh, could not have timed that better, Chappelle. King of timing. Well, you know, there's heroes and villains over on this show have gotten much murkier, so. <laughs> yes, indeed. 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 Well, it's been a great time recapping this mediocre episode with you guys. It may, it's made it much more enjoyable for me. Um, so I appreciate the two of you. We appreciate feedback from anybody that wants to get in touch with us. Uh, it's always been TWD at PoshaRecaps.com, or you can at us on the Twitters. AJ is at AJ Mass. Josh is at Round Howard. Chappelle is at Chappelle's underscore sh- show. And I am at Haymaker Hattie. So please feel free to let us know what you're up to in the Walking Dead universe, because we need some outside thoughts on this quite desperately. So once again, thank you to the two of you for joining me on this journey. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to all of our help behind the scenes and we will see you next week. Bye.